0: Don't think your account can't get suspended just because it hasn't yet for these policies. That, like, I'll give you a great example the the photography. So, so Mm. many categories. I can tell you a ton of categories that are not following TOS or competitors that are. Hey everyone, this is Norm Ferrar, a.k.a. The Beard Guy here, and welcome to another Lunch with Norm, the e-commerce and Amazon FBA podcast. Today, we're going to be discussing Amazon suspensions, what's happening and what you need to know to succeed. We're also going to be talking about current trends and the reasons behind these suspensions, how has Amazon uh, approach to suspensions evolved, and some common mistakes sellers make. All right, welcome to another Lunch with Norm, the e-commerce and Amazon FBA podcast. All right, today we're going to be talking about suspensions. This is something we all need to hear. What's happening and what we need to succeed. Our guest is a former Amazonian. After working for Amazon for many years, uh, evaluating seller account performance and enforcing Amazon policies, my guest launched e-commerce Chris. He teaches sellers how to think like an Amazon employee and help them protect their accounts, appeal listing restrictions and suspensions, report abuse, and escalate seller issues. Uh, Our guest uh, is, this is a returning guest. He's become a good friend of mine. And I'm talking about Uh, Chris McCabe. I was going to say Jeff at Amazon, but we'll get into that later. Okay. So uh, let's have a word from our sponsor and we'll get back with Chris. This episode of Lunch with Norm is sponsored by VAA Philippines. Looking for a high quality virtual assistant for your business? With the rigorous screening, intensive Amazon and Walmart training and ongoing professional development, get the peace of mind with skill and motivated virtual assistants for a long-term working relationship. Hire through VAA today, and now let's get back to the show. And where is Mr. Chris? I'm here. How are you, sir? Hey, you hear me okay? How are you? Yes, because you're a professional.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I liked watching you interact with him, though. That was fun. That was good. (laughs) Free flight entertainment. There, yeah.
0: there, there, that's what exactly <laughs> what it is. <laughs> oh, this things happen. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Yep. Uh, it's pretty funny though, because I have to tell you, every time I talk to you, I just have this Jeff at Amazon.com. I, I can't get around <laughs> it, you know. But, but. People uh, like everybody back in what 2016, 17. All of a sudden, right to Jeff Bezos. Right to Jeff. Yeah. Uh, Somebody had to intercept those, uh, you know, emails and figure out, you know, what was legit and where they had to go. And that was you. I don't think
1: anyone on my team or me or anyone I know would have th- would have thought that the Jeff email would have become <laughs> a solid <laughs> performance email queue down the road, because. Oh. For us, while we were working on those escal- escalations, you know, if Jeff actually, most people know about, he read some of them. He added the question mark. This has been written about in a few books, right? Um, those were so-called Bezos escalations. The rest went to Jeff's email. He hadn't read them, but somebody on his team, one of his assistants or one of his director reports, sent them to us. Right. So for us, seeing Jeff at, M, it is interesting. I'm uh, glad you brought that up because for us that was hallowed ground. When we saw it internally, it meant he had looked at it or somebody reports directly to Jeff had looked at it and sent it directly to us, which if I'm reading it means I'm gonna spend an hour, at least an hour going over this seller account, reading all the appeals, reading all the annotations, going through the entire story, making a justified decision on yay or nay on the reinstatement or the denial My boss is going to be CC'd on the response. Jeff's people are going to be CC'd on the response. And my boss's bosses are going to be on the response. But even beyond that, if it's later determined that I did the wrong thing and somebody above me reverses it and they reverse it because the seller complains again and writes to Jeff again, another down the road, another email, then potentially Jeff could go back and look at what I did and say, this guy did something wrong or this guy, Mm. you know, should have looked at this. I don't think even back then years ago that Jeff would have taken the time to do that, but he would have been on the thread and he could have at any given moment. I mean, if he was going to take the time to read it and add the question mark at any given moment, you'd had to expect that he might backtrack. Hey, I wonder what happened with that guy from two weeks ago or from last week. Right. Um, And there were lots of other exciting things going on in those days. They were getting into Amazon studios and the Kindle and whatnot, and I'm sure he was uh, engrossed in all of that. But that, the fact remains that when you emailed Jeff at Amazon, there was a good likelihood in those days that he would read it. So when I saw that email address, I would sort of freeze for a second and stop what I was doing. <laughs> Nowadays, like you said, it's like common currency of, oh, you need another email queue? You need to send your, your plan of action somewhere? You're still suspended. Write <laughs> to Jeff. Um, even though Jeff is no longer CEO, I think it's funny that that keeps coming up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, it's funny because one of my uh, clients has, has had a problem with an issue for probably about three quarters of a year, maybe a year. And he just said, Oh, I, I uh, last straw. I keep getting the same thing over and over and over, you know, just no right. results. I sent it to that Jeff email. He says, problem solved and it worked it worked yeah. and this is just uh, maybe a month and a half ago it goes
1: to executive seller relations and so he i would have to talk to him but he probably had only gone in circles with seller central appeal button appeals general email queues and random stuff like that so right. he probably had not yet been reviewed or assessed by executive seller relations and that was the first time somebody on that team put eyes on his appeal. That's what I would suggest.
0: Right. Yeah, and you're probably probably right. Okay, so let's talk about the topic of the day, suspensions. Uh, What are some of the current trends that you're seeing and uh, what are the reasons behind them?
1: Yeah, I mean, the big
0: thing right now is that
1: policy suspensions, they're still sending all the same messaging with the same links. Here's how you write a POA. Here's how to talk to account health, so on and so forth, the generic template. But they started denying all the ones that weren't successfully disputing that a policy violation had happened in the first place. And when you call into account health, hey, I keep getting rejected. What's wrong with my plan of action? If there was anything in the plan, which, of course, a lot of sellers come to the POA plan of action writing process thinking, I have to admit something. I have to confess something. have to take responsibility for something i have to admit guilt whatever um so a lot of people knee jerk start from the position of whether or not there's a basis to the suspension they have to come to the table with a a type of apology appeal and an improvement plan in order to get reinstated which according to teleperformance team denials and according to account health rep members lately that's the exact opposite of what you should be doing. The messaging has not changed. They're still suggesting that you write a plan of action. Nowhere in the message does it say, by the way, if you admit to having done this, you're through. Mm. Or you'll, or even if you're not 100% through, at least this appeal will be denied. Okay. It doesn't say that. The messaging hasn't changed. So all of the people who are assuming they have to admit to something out, out front right away just to get it over with, get the appeal accepted, scribble down an, an improvement plan and be done with it, those people are all getting denied and then they're panicking and getting paranoid and crazy when account health reps say, Oh, well, your appeal had no chance. You admitted doing something wrong. The only path forward for you is to be reinstated based on proof and examples that you didn't do this offense, which of course, if you didn't do something proof and examples can be hard to come by.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay.
1: And we've seen this numerous times. Um, That's the bad news. The good news is those reps shouldn't be saying that. In a lot of cases, you do actually have the ability to appeal saying that you did something improper, you made a mistake, and that you fixed it since. Um, But that's something you'd have to escalate. I don't see anyone going through Seller Central on a policy issue, a policy violation, code of conduct or policy, which this is kind of a sidebar, but Policy violations and code of conduct have somehow become blended together. Code of conduct suspensions used to be you're a rampant product review abuser or you keep attacking your competitors or you keep buying from yourself and leaving yourself positive feedback, blatant, blatant black hat tactics, bad behavior, bad actor stuff. And policy violations could be minor image violations. It could Mm -hmm. be you screwed up on your listing. You put the wrong text in the title. It could be minor stuff. It could just be running that you're selling in the wrong category and it's just by, you know, by accident. Um, they're lumping all these people together in this, you violated our policies basket and that you can't appeal it unless you're not guilty and able to prove to their satisfaction, convince them that, that you never did anything wrong.
0: Do you remember it was last year? I think it was last year or the year before where all of a sudden a whack of seller's Got suspended, not suppressed. Suspended because of the uh, bullet points, the formatting of the bullet points. It was like, how? What the hell? Detail
1: page. It was considered detail page abuse. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
0: So, if you're listening, don't think your account can't get suspended just because it hasn't yet for these policies. That, like, I'll give you a great example. The, the photography. So, so mm-hmm. many categories, I can tell you a ton of categories that are not following TOS or competitors that are, and it's, well, you know, everybody else is doing it, yeah. but everybody else was doing the caps and the emojis on the bullets. But all of a mm-hmm. sudden tons of people were suspended yeah. over that issue. They got that. reinstated, but um, it took a lot of work.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's just dis- disconcerting that account health reps and maybe we can, talk for a few minutes about why they might be saying these things. Yep. I mean, aside from the bargain basement training they might be getting, but um, it, it's disconcerting that they're telling people you have no path forward unless you successfully dispute this when that's not necessarily the case, because I think they're discouraging a lot of people from appealing it and, or some of the people are later getting reinstated and no one's really examining how many of the people that were reinstated were told that they only had one path. And if they couldn't meet those criteria that they had no chance, Mm -hmm. like that's data that's not really being captured or measured unless I do an informal survey and say, Hey, has this happened to you? And I start collecting some statistics. So Amazon itself isn't learning from the mistakes enough to retrain. And I mean, everybody makes mistakes. There's always a learning opportunity out there. Amazon too but why not take advantage of this blanket messaging that's going out? There's already huge disconnects between the teams internally, but all of these reps and I've been, by the way, I'm not just talking about hearsay where sellers told me what happened. I've been on these calls with account health reps and Mm -hmm. sellers and they tell, they say, I mean, first of all, sometimes they deliver the message in six, seven different ways, which is confusing that they're not consistent. Um, The question is, are they getting information from Seller Performance? Like, hey, just so you guys know, we're not reinstating any of these people that broke these rules, broke these policies, unless they convince us that we just made a mistake, we were looking at the wrong thing, Um, somebody who wasn't trained or experienced made the wrong decision, then you can get reinstated, right? There's always that message at the bottom, which did not used to be there for anyone who's only been selling for a couple of years. That thing, do you think we deactivated you in error? That line at the bottom of the message did not used to be there. The assumption was that they never deactivated anyone in error. Now they're at least willing to admit because so many people have been suspended by mistake over the years that you can convince them that you can be reinstated for it. But that isn't your only way through. Otherwise we wouldn't be getting people reinstated and I would change my own messaging and my own content to say, look, for whatever reason, code of conduct policy violations of all stripes Amazon's decided that if you are guilty, the only way you can get back is by proving that you're not guilty. I don't think Amazon wants to ban all these people permanently anyway. I think this is just an idea that floated around Mm -hmm. the account health reps kind of decided that they had seen, you know, it spreads like wildfire. A few of them see a few cases where people were banned for egregious abuse and black hat activities. And word gets out, you know what? No one's getting back on. This is a trend. No one's getting back on who does this stuff. And it just spreads to all kinds of different, you know, no one's analyzing the details or the complexities of that kind of policy suspension. They're just blanket denial. And so the account health reps are telling people to appeal. You know, this is why I was kind of ringing the alarm bell when I told you about this two weeks ago, all these people are submitting in these appeals now saying, we never did this. We're disputing it. You guys are wrong. Amazon already has evidence that something broke the rules. So then they're saying, okay, you're not being straight with us. You're BSing us. Mm -hmm. So of course we're not going to accept your dispute because A, we already found that you were doing what you were doing and you're never going to convince us to our satisfaction. But B, a lot of those sellers already sent in a POA outlining the stuff they did. (laughs) So it's kind of hard to turn around two weeks later and say, remember that appeal I sent you that said that we did a, B and C and we're sorry. And we didn't have training in place or we hired the wrong service or we used the wrong supplier, whatever it was, forget that we ever sent you that appeal. Uh, We panicked. We're anxious. We just wrote something out thinking it was what you wanted to hear in truth. We never did any of those things. We're disputing this reinstate us. I mean, that doesn't make sense and that doesn't work.
0: Interesting. Now, one of the things that, uh, I did recently. So anybody who uh, has been listening to the podcast over the last month or two knows that I've jumped into uh, AI quite uh, quite extensively, uh, not just learning how to do a single prompt, but you know, extensively. One mm-hmm. of the things that I was able to do is uh, download the procedures, policies and procedures, guidelines, the TOS, also yep. brand registry. And I've uploaded it and I can ask it questions now. So I, I can talk to either Claude uh, or I could talk to Chat GPT and mm-hmm. just get relevant answers back if something's uh, uh, TOS or not TOS, or mm-hmm. if I do get a an issue or how to write that plan of action. And by the way, one um, have you heard it frequently? No. Check it
1: out frequently,
0: frequently.ai. It's for all e-commerce platforms, but they have one area there specifically. This is where I got the idea um, to upload the uh, policies or the TO uh, the okay. terms of service. And if you type in your issue, it'll kind of format your plan of action, but it's a, it's a, yeah, it came about around two months ago, I think. Mm-hmm. So it's just, Kind of interesting, Frequently, but I'll check it out. Yeah, you know, for you as a listener, it's not hard to do. Download it as long as you have uh, the um, code and uh, uh, not code and yeah, it's code in, tr- interpreter uh, mm-hmm. on ChatGPT. Uh, it's very easy to do. And Claude, you could just upload it directly and start asking questions. Um, so just try it out. It might help if you're if you're listening. You know, are you within even the style uh, the style guides? You can ask that and just another thing a little bit down a different rabbit hole uh if you've got a if you know how to download your catalog listing report uh, you could take this information and you can take your either your style guide and see whether your style guide if you you fit into your uh, if the style guide if your listing fits into the style guide if you're breaking Mm -hmm. any of the issues And so it's just a quick way to just run it to make sure that everything's okay. So many people Mm -hmm. have no clue. Like they just don't know. They have no clue that uh, their listing's not correct. You know, it's.
1: Yeah, I've. Well, I mean, listing compliance is um, one of the topics. I'm glad you alluded to the seller velocity conference, which, by the way, I do have a 20% off discount uh, code to give you. But. Leah McHugh is going to be talking about listing compliance before you go live on a listing Mm -hmm. as part of her talk at seller velocity in New York, because this is one of the things where I think people aren't doing a final, you know, we used to call it idiot check in the movie business um, to make sure everything was, was kosher before something went live. And that's being dealt with more harshly. Now it used Mm. to just be, deleting listings. I mean, even when I was doing this, I used to send a warning. Yep. I would delete the listing and basically just say, do it again. I mean, when I was working on these policy enforcement teams, we only really suspended people if they were repeat offenders, you know, and those, it was like, okay, well you did the listing wrong. Um, but now whether people do it in-house or do an agency or, or in this case, maybe AI, they're not doing a final check. And, um, that can be costly because if you have multiple ASINs that have this problem, or if you've been repeatedly warned, then you might get a call from account health rep saying you have 72 hours to appeal it with a plan of action and explain why you keep, I mean, they don't say it this way, but essentially paraphrasing why you keep doing this, even though we keep telling you not to do it. And so that's the same as any software, any tools that people use that you're not monitoring. Um, they do hold you responsible. You can't just say it's a tool glitch or it's an AI glitch. Mm. They'll never take that as an explanation. So
0: Now uh, I noticed it's the top or the bottom of the hour. So Mm -hmm. uh, if you're new to listening, I see we have a bunch of people uh, listening right now live. Uh, We have something called the wheel of Kelsey, which is a giveaway at the end of the, or at the top of the hour. So the giveaway to enter it's hashtag wheel of Kelsey tag two people. You get a second entry. But Chris, why don't you tell us what the, uh, the, the prize is today? Yeah, it's a free ticket to Seller Velocity Conference,
1: our conference day. Um, it's in New York City, uh, October 11th and 12th. It's our fifth version of the Seller Velocity Conference. Um, people have been to it before. We usually alternate one, one year East Coast, one year West Coast. So it's an East Coast year. And uh, lots of great speakers, essentially what Seller Velocity is. Uh, We assess all the trends, everything that would impact a growing and successful brand, get an expert from each area of selling on Amazon and get that content, a relevant talk, but also networking sessions and rubbing elbows interactions with the experts together for a a two-day event, which is, like I said, in New York this year. And um, yeah, so we're looking forward to giving a ticket away and seeing you in October and we're looking what, forward to seeing you too, Norm. I don't think I, I think I sent you a short message on messenger about this, but I don't know if you confirmed that you were available for. October I have 11. to
0: check. Yeah. I'm not, no, I think I, I think I will be available. Yeah. I know I'm you going come. to China the week later. Okay. If you don't go so. to China,
1: come to New York. You're not that far.
0: <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah. So uh, again, if somebody wins this uh, to be clear, it's a, and i've only heard really good things about your conferences by the way uh but you'd have to get your own airfare hotel uh right. the the ticket is yours and what is the value of that ticket
1: it gets it gets you into the conference which is the day one of the ticket gets you access to the presentations um and uh that's that's a good question with the 20 with the 20% discount i've been playing with the numbers um <laughs> I've, I've got a bunch of numbers in my head because we've, we still have been doing the discount. The, the discount code, by the way, is e-commerce, Chris. So
0: you can okay. use that. Anyone can use that. Right. So that's a, that's for everybody listening today. Okay. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So anyways, uh, if you're interested, I already see a bunch coming through hashtag wheel of Kelsey tag two people and you'll get a second entry. Kelsey, let's go over to uh, a sponsor. This episode of Lunch with Norm is sponsored by Shergo sure Marketing. Ready to take your brand to the next level on TikTok and Instagram? SureGo Marketing specializes in helping entrepreneurs and coaches build profitable brands on TikTok and Instagram and in less than 90 days. With Shergo sure Marketing, you can build your brand, create incredible video content, and increase leads without spending a single dime on ad spend. Visit suregoalmarketing.com today and elevate your brand. Now let's get back to the show. Okay. And we're back. All right. Now let's talk about, um, how's Amazon's approach to suspensions evolved, uh, recently.
1: Okay. And I have a quick update on the ticket. Okay. So you asked, because you asked me the value of the ticket, um, I'm, we're going to upgrade the offer. So it's not just a free ticket to the conference day. It's, we're going to offer a free ticket to everything, oh. which, in, which includes the VIP day. Yep. So two days. And uh, so the answer to the question is uh, $597. Is the All right.
0: Yes. Okay. So some Access lucky both
1: days. Well, just to make sure that that wasn't unclear. Access okay. to Day one in New York. Day two, we're kidnapping people and taking them outside the city.
0: All right. Getting yeah. able to rub the elbows with the uh, the experts right. there. Okay. Super. So that's a great prize. Uh, mm-hmm. We already got a, a bunch that came in. Hashtag Willa Kelsey. Tag two people. You'll get uh, a second chance. Okay. Question was about yes. the... Yes. So let's go into that. So
1: in terms of the types of mistakes we see people making or...
0: Well, yeah. Yeah. So like Amazon has evolved over the year with its Mm -hmm. uh, approach to suspensions, right? So what does that look like now?
1: And going back to the AI thing, AI gets a generic template. Generic template appeals get rejected. I am looking forward to hearing from people who have only appealed using VA, um, not VAs, AI who got reinstated successfully. I suspect there are some that have put a copy and paste into seller central and just use the appeal button and gotten through, but I think that's a low percentage. And if it's a low percentage play, I usually tell people not to submit. Um, But the generic template thing is not a thing anymore. Um, Those get rejected. The investigators identify those on site fairly quickly. Sometimes they even associate them with certain service providers (laughs) and they know, I mean, they might not know the service provider by name, but they know that they've rejected that template before. Okay, And so they don't read it and they throw it away. Um, And that's why you hear from a lot of people, I've appealed five times, I've appealed 10 times. Are you just modifying a template? That's one good thing to think about first. Um, And secondly, calling account health reps, getting some information on why an appeal was denied, not just having them read to you the message that you already received, which was very murky and opaque and general. um, Getting info that'll help you revise a plan of action or whatever they're asking for in the appeal. Um, so that you're closer to the target on the next pass. If they just tell you general guidance on, this is how you write this part of a POA. This is how you write that part. It sounds like they're reading from a script. It sounds like they're new. It sounds like they've just kind of repeated or regurgitated what they discussed on their last call. Don't follow the advice. You're not getting quality advice. You you might have better ideas yourself. Um, But, Don't just kind of let them take you in circles because in a way account health reps are trained to get through a certain number of you a certain type of way without any recognition for, did I actually help the person at the end of the call? A lot of sellers feel like they've been helped, but they could follow the advice to a T and it bounces back with the same generic denial. So the person who helped you build that POA or gave you the advice isn't necessarily held accountable for, the success of the advice that advice that they gave you. So that's another caution. Um, And then getting back to our original topic, don't admit to something you haven't done. There's still a lot of POA writing advice out there. I still see blogs and podcasts about just write an improvement plan. You know, they they think you're guilty anyway. I mean, you've heard this. How how many times have you heard these stories? You know, well, they, they think you've done something, whether or not you've done something is not relevant. They think they caught you doing something. They think you screwed something up. Even if you weren't maliciously doing something, they think you made mistakes, cop to those mistakes, write the POA. We never counsel anyone to do that. Never. I've had people do that maybe a couple of times to send something through Seller Central or to email it in when I just wanted to see what the answer coming back would be. Or if I just wanted to see if Amazon would be willing to answer the person. So I can maybe in the last several years think of maybe two times that I counseled somebody to do that. Everyone else who's out there doing this still, this is ancient or untested advice. You're going to get a generic denial or you'll get maybe worse than that, a denial that says they're not going to read your appeals anymore. And there's no reason to admit to having done something or to make up something for a plan of action. That's another thing I hear from sellers like, well, we just made something up. There's no reason to do that. There are ways of disputing it. I get that you might've disputed that you did something wrong. You denied it and they rejected it, but that doesn't mean you immediately shift gears and start admitting stuff. It just means that you need to escalate differently and appeal it differently.
0: You know, I, uh, I remember talking to you, I think it was in Vegas somewhere along the lines we were talking and I was talking to you about um, one of the services I was using, and you're saying, uh, I don't know. <laughs> and I, I said, Well, it's a little gray hat. You go, I, I always remember this. Yeah, yeah. There is no gray hat, there's white hat, and there's black hat, and there's no in between. And it was, All right, Al, uh, okay. I have to rethink how I'm doing this uh, you know, product launch. So I've got a question kind of along those lines and that's about product inserts right i have heard so many things from so many different people about oh it's only gray hat it's beige hat it's this hat Uh, (laughs) I haven't heard beige but yeah i tell people that it really depends on what you're in amazon's not going to stop you from doing an insert what they will do is it's the information within the insert yes. that will hurt you. And that's what has to be you have to be careful about. Can you explain about that?
1: Yeah, and just to talk briefly about gray hat, the reason I say there is no gray hat anymore is because they, they kind of, through the suspension process, they kind of exterminated all of the so-called gray hat tactics. So there was gray hat years ago. I don't really hear that phrase that much anymore. So when I hear it now... It's like a giant clang in my ear in terms of like, oh, man, if you think something's gray hat, then, um, you know, you haven't kind of heard the news. And and also it's because of Amazon's perspective. Amazon doesn't believe in gray hat. So if you want to believe in something that Amazon completely does disbelieves in, then then that's fine. But understand that it's only gray hat until somebody decides that it's black. And that essentially means until you're caught, you can Mm do orange and beige hats all you want. Um,
0: like the bullets, by the way, like something yeah. similar. That's right.
1: Copying what your competitors are doing is never a good idea. Knowing how inconsistent enforcement is because Amazon loves to suspend one guy for one thing and let somebody else go for the same exact violation. And they'll never really cop to that or explain the difference.
0: You know what, Chris, before um, you get into that, yeah. it's not just, it's across the complete Amazon platform, their whole network, even with influencers, Yeah. Uh, Influencers are not supposed to uh, do a giveaway or uh, like take them away from the Amazon platform, and there were some huge influencers that were doing that, and all of a sudden, overnight, yeah, two thousand influencers were banned off of uh, Amazon. So it's mm. not just here; it's the platform.
1: Yeah, and you know what? It reminded me of the rebates rebates were a hot thing. Yeah. Rebates. I think some people consider that gray hat too. Um, rebates were in wide use for a while. And then somebody flipped a switch and all of a sudden they were all gone. Right. And everybody was getting suspended for rebates. So that's a good example of.
0: That's what we were talking day, about in New York. That's the, yeah. what we were actually it talking about. was probably
1: about. rebates, yeah. which I mean, how, how often do you hear about rebates now? None. Zero. <laughs> yeah. The inserts you will continue to hear about because inserts themselves are not banned. Mm-hmm. There might be a couple of purists out there who say, if you have an insert that mentions a phone number, and email address, I mean, I don't see a lot of suspensions for that, you know, like a customer service number on it um, because that's considered diverting sales. And when I was at Amazon, by the way, diverting sales was a much bigger issue than reviews of use. They, they switched. Mm-hmm. We used to we used to constantly bug people about you look like you're d- diverting sales off the Amazon platform by giving your U- URL your phone number whatever. Amazon's completely got amnesia with that, completely forgotten about that. Now it's all, don't fake your reviews, and we know why, right? Tons of different stakeholders all over e-commerce are all over, and government are all over Amazon yeah. about fake product reviews. So that makes sense. The insert issue that c- created the most confusion. Was not so much, can I have an insert, but can I ask for a review? And of course the answer is yes, you can. It's not against the law to ask for a review. Mm -hmm. It depends on how you do it. And is it in any way associated with a special offer or a high level discount or a giveaway and the giveaways and the freebies I think I did more account suspension cases on those than I did on the rebates because lots of people, influencers, gurus, service providers, whoever proclaimed, and I saw that I, I went to conferences where people would say this from, from the stage you can still give away product as long as you don't ask for a positive review. That wasn't true. Amazon would see a spike. Of course, it comes down to data at the end of it. They see a spike in five star reviews and maybe you didn't ask for a five-star review, but you still got a bump, um, a surge of five-star reviews, then they would start looking into what you were doing, either on their own, using their own criteria, or maybe you would be reported by a competitor, or maybe even by a buyer, if, they thought the, buy- if the buyer thought they had been pestered and harassed about it, um, about leaving the five-star review. So when they started digging into it, they realized, okay, all these people are netting all these five-star reviews, and they're all giving product away. We don't really care if they're asking for a five-star review or not we don't even really care if they're asking for a review or not that was the the key difference because people said keep doing the freebies and the giveaways just don't ask for a review first it was don't ask for a five-star review eventually everyone stopped saying
0: that yeah yeah (laughs)
1: like but they were still asking for reviews and they were still giving away product amazon interpreted that as reviews abuse i say that based on the numerous suspensions that we handled where we went through everything that was happening. The only thing that the seller hadn't addressed was the giveaways. And of course, these sellers were disputing it. They said, you suspended me. I never asked for a review. The basis of their whole plan of action, their appeal was reinstate us. We never asked for reviews. All we did was give away product. Denied. And when when we took them back through it, we rewrote it and basically said we shouldn't have given away product knowing that it would result in overwhelmingly positive reviews that is what got them reinstated so that was the old confusion you probably would know better than me what the what the recent confusion would be about inserts
0: well uh, i think just sending inserts as a whole so i i get questions all of the time and most people like just state oh we can't do inserts anymore No, that's ridiculous. Of course you can. Uh, One of the things you cannot do, and if you get caught doing this, uh, you can back me up, I hope, on this. You'll just get (laughs) a suspension immediately is that if you change your insert for Amazon to Walmart to retail and that's found out, then you'll get killed. Uh, Because you can't change that insert. That's one thing I know for sure. Change Uh, it
1: to to reflect what exactly?
0: Well, if you're telling people that they have to do something specifically on Amazon, and then Mm. they tell to do something specifically on Walmart or in retail, and it's a completely different insert, a different deal on those inserts going out to retail or over to Amazon. Interesting. uh, That is against TOS. I haven't no. seen
1: a lot of suspensions for that particular, and it could be that some of them haven't been caught yet, or some of the people who were suspended for it were able to resolve it. But I haven't seen that particular problem so much.
0: Yeah. The, the one I just got. So uh, people send us product to, for this challenge we had this year mm-hmm. and I got this fitness product and I hope they're not listening. Well, if they are <laughs> learn something. Um, so they sent me this fitness product packaged it was really nicely packaged it was a good package and then i see the insert Mm -hmm. the insert says oh if you if you had a positive experience please give us a review qr code if it was negative or if uh no we are a small family family organization if you had a problem please uh contact us here yeah boom you're gone that's, that's an old fashioned one. Yep. Um, so
1: when I see, I do see some inserts that still have similar language Yeah. and I'm kind of surprised because I, you know, when we're doing this stuff for us, past becomes past very quickly. Yeah. So when I see something from two or three months ago, let alone two or three years ago, I'm kind of like, man, this is, this is old. old. Um, the if so-called if when statement is what you're talking about. I think that's the parlance right. that that's built exactly, around yeah. that. Yeah, that's, um, even people at Amazon might be shocked if they see that referred to on an insert. Also having five stars across the top or the bottom, I still see people True. doing that. Yep. Um, and I might've been one of the pioneers out there saying, take the five stars off the top or the bottom because I started doing appeals based on, you know what, I can't really see anything else they're doing except the inserts got five stars on it. And obviously that did the trick because they got reinstated. And before that, I hadn't really put that much thought into it. Mm-hmm. But then I started seeing a bunch of people. And really, all they were doing was it, it was it looked like they were non-verbally asking for a five-star review. I think that's kind of petty and nitpicky. You know, five-star. I mean, it, that's not <laughs> – you're not saying leave us a five-star review. Right. I guess you're hinting in a very vague way. but yeah. I mean, with all the black hat stuff going on in the world about reviews like that seems comparatively minor
0: (laughs) you know the what i'll uh you know talk to people we're talking about inserts is try to think a little differently um this knife company that we work with we extend the warranty which is fine but came up with a cookbook Mm -hmm. that a really good cookbook from a series of chefs from around the world And also a 52-week meal plan. So we're not asking to buy anything. We're not giving a discount. But we're providing this really cool value-added free item. It's an add-on. And it's just this meal plan that would be sent out to the uh, person if they signed up for it. Uh, And it, it would give them a layer. So it would give them their extended warranty, which is a lifetime warranty for the knife. And then they had this meal plan which I thought was pretty cool of the, uh, uh, of the, um, uh, of the client. So that's just thinking outside of the box.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's sad that sometimes creativity gets punished, but these trends develop policy enforcement teams. Somebody sometimes gets a, you know, brilliant idea and it spreads internally and then they all start applying it. And don't forget enforcement gets applied in different ways by different people. Yeah. And they don't really, I mean, I'm sure there's some degree of quality assurance going on. I don't think it's quality, quality assurance. (laughs) I think it might be low quality or it just might be non-existent sometimes where they're not gathering all the decision makers and managers into one room or one building and saying, Hey, we've seen some inconsistencies in how we're applying it. And we think some of these suspensions are fair in some cases, unfair in other cases, but they're for the same thing. And I think most, if not all sellers, if left to their own devices, will appeal in similar ways based on what's out there, what's known out there currently um, in the absence of conflicting knowledge or information. And so it doesn't make sense to have people treated in these wildly inconsistent and different ways for the same offense. Sometimes a seller has been suspended for something three times and they have an easier time getting on and it's a first time offender. Who gets punished 10 times worse like how does that make sense you know? yeah um i get that they don't like that some new sellers i mean they are kind of brutal with new sellers because new sellers are more prone to make a mistake just from the lack of knowledge and experience from years of selling but they're more likely to make the mistake that without understanding in advance that you might not be treated differently just because you're new and a lot of people think that's unfair but i don't see that changing anytime soon either They just, they tend to view this as you got to study up before you do it. And you can't blame newness. If you're making us stop what we're doing and look at you and learn you up, study you up, review your account, send you a warning, delete your listings. It means that you were doing something wrong enough to make us have a headache. So you're a problem from our perspective. They don't view it as this is a learning opportunity for you as a new seller. Maybe you're new. Maybe you don't know your way around. Maybe you listen to the wrong advice. Do ABCD and E, clean up the mess. You're free to go. That ideally would be more what this is like, right? Um, they're not. They don't view it that way.
0: Right. Okay. So, well, uh, man, it's already. Uh, I know the hour the just flies by. I know. And we got a bunch of questions. So why don't we uh, start off by answering some questions?
2: Yeah. All right, the first one is from CoolHand99. Uh, let's see. Actually, I woke up yesterday to a strange, your account has been deactivated message in my account, uh, but only when I was trying to create an MS- MCF order, uh, no other place, Seller support was stumped. Have you ever ran into anything like that?
1: Um, well, meaning that the account actually is deactivated or you just got the message? <laughs> I assume it means it was deactivated.
2: I think just the um, message looks like.
1: Yeah, call account health. Hit the call me now, but don't don't talk to seller support. If it's a technical issue and you need a ticket open, then talk to seller support. We don't work deal with them on any other level for any other issue. They don't either have the ability, the authority, or the information or the knowledge to assist. Go to account health anytime anything that would impact account health. Go to account health reps, preferably U.S. based ones, um, and try to find out why you got the message. If the account actually is deactivated, then of course you have to find out what kind of appeal they're expecting. But, um, it sounds like there's a little bit more info to glean first. All
0: right.
2: And I know we touched on this at the beginning, uh, but does Jeff at Amazon still work? Should we do Andy at Amazon now?
1: Um, I, we, we don't use the, we don't really, uh, the Jassy emails don't seem to produce much. I mean, a few times maybe people have used them. Um, but, uh, People still, by the way, use the Jeff email. It does still get you to executive seller relations. That's not the issue. The issue is executive seller relations isn't quite what it used to be. Mm -hmm. It's kind of become when we were, we used to have to be certified to do executive seller relations escalations. So I had to pass through a process and my boss had to kind of review my example investigations and decisions and approve me for that. Because there are only a handful of us doing it. Obviously globally now there's more than a handful of people doing these. Um, but the Jassy emails, I haven't really I thought I would have heard by the end of 2023 kind of more success stories of people writing to Andy. Um, but uh I haven't really heard that. I think people are tweeting it, Andy Jassy, using Twitter. Um and getting some responses that have led to something down the road that was useful more than emailing and getting a response, a timely response.
2: Okay. All right. So this one is from Neil. Uh, I've heard that if you have a professional account paying 39 99 a month for a long time, but you've still never launched a product. When you finally do launch Amazon might reimburse you because you're not really using the professional account. Is this true? And how would you contact Amazon about this? And what would you say to them? Thanks.
1: Yeah. So this is more, I'd probably recommend that you talk to Gatita, the the reimbursement, financial reimbursement guys. This isn't something we handle. I haven't, I haven't heard of this. Um, I'm skeptical, but uh, they're a bit more day-to-day expert on this. And Getida's is uh, G-E-T-I-D-A. Uh, I'm sure Norm knows all about them too. Right. Um, they, for reimbursement of, of monthly fee and stuff like that, that'd be your go-to.
2: Okay. We got three more questions. Mm -hmm. This one is from Yanni. How do you convince Amazon to give me the right to a new listing containing a generic term like garlic press under my brand where garlic press brand doesn't sell in that category. After checking with USPTO, I saw that garlic press brand is registered for selling handbags and another brand is selling headphones.
1: I'm going to defer that since I'm not an attorney and not an IP attorney to boot. Uh I'm going to defer that. I can I can recommend an IP attorney to review this for you. Um I don't know why USPTO would have Garlic Press brand registered as handbags. I don't yeah. know norm. Have you seen stuff like this?
0: I I haven't.
1: Registered for a product that product type that's totally different than what the intention of the product is for.
0: Yeah, no no. That. No.
1: That's no. that's interesting. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to give a shout out to uh, whoever you want to think the attorneys. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, We usually refer people to Lisa Ferrari, who's an attorney at Cousin O'Connor in New York city. Mm -hmm. Um, There's also Casey Hewitt. We've sent people her way for years. She's, uh, she's an IP attorney, IP questions. We always say go to an IP attorney. I understand. And it's kind of a show for another time. There's lots of attorneys running around the Amazon space. Um, many or most of them are not IP attorneys so I recommend going to IP attorneys for IP issues and let me know let me know if you don't hear back I can usually find somebody who can answer your question okay yeah
2: okay great this one is from Neil as well uh, we're going to include a review and even reach out to Kelsey to help us but then we changed our mind and just didn't bother with an insert at all uh, because of all of this confusion surrounding them um, and we have Drip asking, um, do you have an example of what a good compliant insert would look like?
1: Yeah, the insert stuff, it's, it's a conversation mostly about what not to do as opposed to what to do. I would just keep it as objective, as straightforward as possible. So one word of advice, read your insert your, when you're doing final copy or you're copy editing it. Read it as if you're a competitor of yours who is looking for an opportunity to shoot at you or take you down. And if there's absolutely nothing there, it's, it's impeccable from a compliance standpoint. They couldn't think of a single thing that they could report, then you're on the right track, which is really just asking for a review. I mean, you know, Norm can include a link to the policy in terms of what you can do in buyer-seller messages. And you're right, there's tons of confusion. There shouldn't be this much confusion around no. this topic. Amazon should just publish some, you know, and, of course, they always say, well, we don't want to publish a definitive list because then people will immediately start manipulating it or coloring outside the lines and trying to, you know, trick trick us up on a turn of a phrase. And I understand their concern, but it's been too vague. And, it's right. you know, so straightforward as possible. Vanilla, think objective. Vanilla, you know, um, stay away from anything around. Like, like you mentioned a moment ago, we're a small family owned business. Don't use any guilt association with like a guilt phrase. Like um, we have seven rabbits that we have to feed. So we need your positive review Uh, because I've seen, I've seen references to the number of kids they had. I've seen references to pets I've seen. and, And there's nothing wrong with creating a business that helps seniors or helps anyone who's, you know, disenfranchised or needs assistance in this day and age, there's nothing wrong with that. You're not supposed to be trumpeting it on your insert as a means of guilting people into leaving you a nice review. So keep all the phrases out. Again, it's okay to say a little bit about background about who you are and and maybe your story, the brand story, but keep away anything. That's like, you need to help us. You need to do something. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, uh, Uh, just thinking about those uh, reviews again, if you want the first part of what Chris was talking about, use that as a prompt, put in your insert what you're putting on your insert and just put a prompt acting like your competitor and see what chat GPT comes up with. Like just analyze this. How can it rip it apart? What Mm -hmm. are some complaints that uh, could be issued and you'll never know chat uh, or uh, Claude, Uh, or Bard, or whatever one you're using could come up with some pretty interesting answers.
1: Yep. You got one more, Kelsey? Uh, No, that's it. That's it. All right. Feels like we're just getting warmed up.
0: I know. I know. It's like every time we uh, start talking. Uh, But I guess we're going to have to have a couple more uh, sessions with you, Chris. Uh, How do people get in contact with you? And let's talk about your event again. Right.
1: So just one last recap. It's a two day event. There's a conference day ticket. There's a VIP day and conference day ticket combo. If you're coming for both days, I hope you can come both 11th and 12th of October, uh, New York city, midtown Manhattan, um, day two, a little bit of mystery around it. It's basically an hour outside the city for a networking day. We have panels, um, get you away from your day to day of your business, get you out of the city, um, kind of figuratively and literally, Uh, so that you can focus on networking, listen to some experts, do some fun activities. There's walking trails, there's kayaks, it's right by a lake, it's going to be really nice. Uh, One of the reasons Seller Velocity Conference has become known the last few years is because we're trying to get creative with how you do networking and not just do sort of the the loud music, you know, nightclub experience where you're shouting at a potential uh, collaborator and so forth. We've had a lot of brands meet other brands and network and get great ideas in terms of expanding the right way. The theme this year is optimizing performance so that you can focus on growth and expanding the presence of your brand instead of watching your flank and troubleshooting things all the time. Um, And we do that this year because we've had past success with brands giving each other great ideas, experts helping brands develop and get to, you know, get to a new level, a higher level of performance. But also, I think people find out things that other people are doing wrong that limited their ability to grow. Um, And that's a shame because you might lose 12 months of sales that you would have otherwise had if you knew something today versus 11 months from now. So any questions, sellervelocityconference.com. The code e Chris is for 20% off. Um, I'm happy to make myself available for anyone who wants to ask us about the conference. And yeah, New York City, so it's pretty easy to get to as well.
0: Oh, you're already uh, in demand there, Chris. Yeah. Uh, could you have? And we Chris want you come to come back? too, Norm. You no, are welcome I, to join us. Very good, very good. Yeah. I'm going to check my schedule. I think, I think I can. It's just before I go to China. Awesome. But uh, you're already uh, some. Um, I wish I was Mark Cuban is asking you to come back and talk about <laughs> compliance. So there we go.
1: Yeah, uh, compliance is not the sexy topic like sales and growth and revenue generation, but unfortunately compliance mistakes can lead to a lack of revenue growth and, and sales yeah. and, and, uh, re- and cash. So.
0: Revenue. Okay. Yeah. So we are going to go to our last, uh, sponsor and then we're going to come back with the wheel of Kelsey. So you've got 30 seconds to hashtag wheel of Kelsey tag two people, uh, to get a second entry. If you want to take part in this. All right, Kels, this episode of lunch with Norm is sponsored by rebate. Attention sellers and brand owners, want to reach more shoppers and boost sales? Rebate's platform connects sellers with shoppers seeking great deals on new products. They make it easy to offer promotions, handle rebates, and ensure seamless redemptions. With countless reviews from satisfied customers, Rebate is the go-to solution to increase your sales. Visit rebate.com today and start reaching more shoppers. Now let's get back to the show. Okay, so, Kels, the wheel.
2: It is time for the Wheel of Kelsey. Here we go. It's time for the Wheel of Kelsey. All righty. Thank you, everyone, for the Wheel of Kelsey entries. And we do this every single episode, so make sure you come back Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. We're gonna spin this. And if he you are the, the winner, prize. please email me uh, k at lunchwithnorm.com and Michael. Michael V is there.
0: All right, Michael. Mike, is that Michael Eastman? No, Michael no. B. Uh, V. Yep. V? Yeah. All right. Congrats, Michael. Get in touch with us, Michael. Okay. You're off the hook, man. You're done.
1: <laughs> now I'm gonna have lunch with Leah instead of lunch with Norm. <laughs>
0: oh yeah, sure.
1: <laughs> We're not gonna well, create a competitive okay. lunch well, with Leah thing. No.
0: Want more great information? Don't forget to subscribe by clicking here. Also, if you want to check out our latest podcasts, click over here. Lunch with no lunch with them, lunch with